Get ready to step into scripture with Pina. Hey everyone, my name is Tina Wilson. I'm a pastor's wife and a mom of seven. And alongside my husband, Matt, I've committed my life to serving King Jesus as a church planter, a Bible teacher, an author, and an advocate for all-in family ministry. I am so passionate about making Christ and his church famous. And this podcast is called Step Into Scripture with Tina. So in this podcast, we just want to point people toward King Jesus. And we want to start out doing that by building on a firm foundation of the authority of Scripture and showing why it's so important that we need to commit ourselves to it, and there's really no excuse not to do that. So for this season, I've asked my friend Stacy to join me. Stacy and I have been studying the Bible together for a long time, and in this season, we're taking on objections that we've heard from people as to why they just can't do it. They just can't read the whole Bible. So Stacy, if you would, just reintroduce yourself, and if you don't mind, share what time constraints you've had to overcome to commit yourself to studying the whole Word of God like you have for many years now. Yeah, absolutely. So like she said, I'm Stacy Vines. We share many of the same passions. I'm a mom of four, a Bible teacher. Uh, I love sharing the Word of God and the goodness that I find um, of God from His Word with other people that are around me. Alongside my husband, we are business owners and founders of nonprofits here in our community. Um, I am thrilled to be a part of Step Into Scripture. I love unpacking these objections. I think this objection for this week um, is probably the one that resonates or that I have heard at least, the one I assumed would be the most common objection, and it's that I don't have time. In this season of my life, reading scripture um, looks a little different than what it has in other seasons. I am listening more to scripture than actually reading yeah. the scripture uh, because of time. And so that's a time constraint. You know, when you're a mom, you have to work, you have your home, you have dinner to cook. Um, we have many things going on in our home right now. And so there are many time constraints. But thankfully, uh, because of technology and tools just like this one, there's always a way to absorb the word of God in the midst of time constraints. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we shared in episode one that we are drawing these objections to reading the whole word of God from kind of a poll that we did. Mm -hmm. We have just a private group on Facebook of women in our church. It's a group with about 800 women in it. Yep. And we just set before them the question, what objections have you heard or maybe even used, mm -hmm. had in your own heart about reading the entire Bible? What's been your excuse as to why you can't do it, you don't need to do it, it's not the best approach to studying scripture? And so from the dozens of comments that we received back from that, that's how we're building out this first season sure. of this podcast is we just want to take those objections on one by one and dispel them. So in episode one, we talked about the objection. There's just no way. It's an impossible feat right. to read the whole Bible and to understand it. Mm -hmm. And we talked about uh, that that is not a legitimate excuse. And we see that from the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. So if you missed that episode, go back and check that out. But the objection that we're going to take on today, I just don't have time. Sure. In episode one, we said this idea of it's an impossible feat to read and understand the whole thing. It's a legitimate concern, right? but not really a legitimate excuse. If it wasn't a good excuse for the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, it's not a good excuse for us. But this objection, I just don't have time. 
I just don't even know that we need to lend it legitimacy even as a concern. No, no. Right before we started filming this episode, I said to you, I use that excuse for things that I don't want to do. Yes. I say, I don't have time to go to the gym because I don't want to go to the gym. Yeah. (laughs) I tell my kids when they say, I didn't have time to do what you asked me to do. I say, no, you didn't want to do that or you would have made time to do it. And the same principle applies here and is why the legitimacy of this objection is dispelled, which we're going to unpack it formally with scripture to dismiss this objection. But on its surface, It's not a legitimate objection or excuse because we do make time for what we wish to do. I agree. Like go to the gym or not go to the gym. I know. I just don't even want to nod in agreement (laughs) with you here because my husband might see this episode and this is like self-incriminating. Oh, no. Because now all the times I say, I just don't have time to go to the gym with you today. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry. Sorry, friend. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we dig into a scriptural refuting right. of this objection. We want to just look at some current stats. Yeah. And so to do that, we're going to turn to an annual report mm-hmm. that's called State of the Bible. And Stacy, you've got some data from this that you're going to share mm-hmm. and just give us some feedback on it. I love this because it sets the stage for us no matter where we are, where we're listening. Um, this State of the Bible report is um, it was put together by over 2,500 respondents, someone from every state who is 18 years or older. So we're all represented um, within this state of the Bible study. So I think that it sets a good context and really, I think, gives the legitimacy of this podcast, the reasons we need to be walking out these objections and using scripture to dismiss them. Um, So I just really appreciate the value that these statistics bring. In this study, one of the questions was, how often do you use your own Bible? And I don't want to interrupt you, but let me just mention right here that you can download this too if you'd like to look at it as Stacy's kind Mm -hmm. of explaining some of the data here. It's, um, It's done by the American Bible Society. And so you can just Google that. You can find their State of the Bible report for 2022, which is the most recent. It's a free download. And then you can kind of look at these graphs and charts for yourself. I know it's yeah, easier great, to good point. analyze information when it's in front of you. Yeah, such a good point. And it's it's beautifully organized and, and well put together so you can read it. And there's many other things within this yes. um, instead of what ju- the few things that we're going to talk about that apply to this episode. Um, but what I thought was interesting, Tina and I were unpacking just a second ago, is what this um, report defines as a Bible user. And so that's kind of the language that it uses throughout the report. And it defines a Bible user as someone who interacts with their Bible at least three to four times a year. So maybe before we get into the statistics, I would love to ask everyone who's listening or everyone who's watching, are you a Bible user? And is that a legitimate definition of a Bible user in your opinion? And then maybe we could talk about that as we continue to go through what should be um, defined, what should be used to define a Bible user. But um, it's over 40% of the respondents of Bible users say that they use their Bible less than once a year or never, actually more than 52%. Um, So Bible users in America Less than 52% of them use their Bible outside of church or a a congregational setting once a year. That is profound to me. Yeah. Um, And that a Bible user is defined as as having someone who interacts with their Bible three to four times. And only 10% 
um, responded that they use their Bible on a daily basis. And this podcast, what Tina is putting together and the challenge that she puts out every week is to read your Bible from start to finish in its entirety. Um, And as we move forward, we're going to talk about the time it takes to do that. But many of the respondents put in here um, that that they didn't have time or they felt like from year to year, from 21 to 22, that their engagement in the Bible stayed the same. 78% of Bible users um, responded that their use of the Bible, their personal interaction with the Bible stayed the same from 2021 to 2022. This is another great challenge to read your Bible from start to finish. It will require you to engage with it more than once a year, more than three to four times um, in a year. And then the final statistic that I thought was super relevant to this conversation about not having enough time was within the state of the Bible report, most of the users who responded across generations um, displayed or gave the answer that what they believe about the Bible is that they don't have enough time to read the whole thing. Most generations um, between 20 and 25% of the respondents said that they do not believe they have enough time to devote Um, to a personal study of scripture. So while it's not a legitimate excuse, it is a legitimate topic for us to unpack and dismiss. And um, I really appreciate that study, the statistics and the context and the foundation that it lays for this conversation. Um, It gives us the encouragement we need to really unpack it, take it head on and totally dismantle this objection. Yeah, definitely not just an objection that women in our church are feeling. Right, absolutely. Something people are saying across generations. That's right. Something else that I thought was interesting from that State of the Bible report is that the the fewest number of respondents when right. asked how they engage with the Bible indicated that they do it with any kind of consistency, either at the same time every day or they're following some kind of plan. Actually, the top responses were people who read a few verses at a time, mm-hmm. just wherever, or read passages based on their mood. Well, I think we're going to unpack that next week in in our next episode yes that very excuse yes yes absolutely so just know that's not going to be a fruitful mm-hmm. approach that's mm-hmm. probably going to li- lend itself to this disengagement that has to lower the bar to three to four times a year reading your bible outside of a church assembly to even qualify a bible engaged person well the prompt as to why they're engaging is self need there's there's something i need yeah. and so i'm prompted by a question or something like that yeah and so i'm going to go and find the few verses that i need to find that answer to to fill that um that hole that i'm that i have that yeah. prompt and i think that does lend to why people are so disengaged and why the respondents later in that study it shows that across generations there is a breakdown in what people believe the bible is intended what what its use is for. Yeah. And that's very interesting. You should definitely look up that, that yes. part of that response as well. Absolutely. So as we shared last week in this podcast, we don't want to just dispel objections based on our own opinions. That's right. We want to dispel objections using the word of God. And actually, as we dig into these Bible studies in this podcast each week, these are all Bible studies that you can dig further into with my book that I have coming out in May, it's called Step Into Scripture. But we want to go to the book of Isaiah to dispel this um, this objection and to really prove that it's not even 
truly a mm-hmm. legitimate concern. So I want to go to Isaiah with you, but first let's just set up some context mm-hmm. here. So as this book is being written, received by the prophet Isaiah from the Lord, uh, the northern kingdom of Israel has already been destroyed. They've been taken captive by the nation of Assyria. And at this point, the southern kingdom of Judah, because Israel was split into two kingdoms at this point in, mm-hmm. in their history, the southern kingdom of Judah is facing invasion and defeat by the nation of Babylon. And so the prophet Isaiah is delivering the word of God to the people of Judah to warn them mm-hmm. about this, this coming um, destruction that right. they're going to face if they don't repent and if they don't turn to the Lord. And just as a side note here, uh, it makes me think of this objection. I don't have time to read the whole word of God. That's about as legitimate as I don't have time to repent. As yeah. you read the whole Bible, something that you're going to see consistently throughout the Bible in every book is that God does not ever issue judgment until he has given ample time that to repent. So and that's true. just true of his character. And really, we mm-hmm. can kind of apply that with a broad stroke and say, there's really no space to say you don't have time for the things of God, whether getting in touch with him through his word or repenting and being reconciled mm-hmm. to him. He does give us that time. Mm-hmm. So I'll just leave that there. But let's go to the book of Isaiah. And I want to go with you to chapter 28 in this book. So Isaiah's hearers here, the people of the nation of Judah, they just don't have any regard for the word of the Lord. And here's what he says to them, that as he tries to call them to repentance, here's how they're responding in verse 9 of chapter 28. Who is he trying to teach? To whom is he explaining his message? to children weaned from their milk, to those just taken from the breast, for it is do this, do that, a rule for this, a rule for that, a little here, a little there. They are just mocking the simplicity Mm -hmm. of Isaiah's message. Oh, who who are you trying to teach, right? Mm -hmm. It's so simple. And his message Mm -hmm. is just consistently this through the book, just trust in God, just turn away from your sin, just put your trust in God. But because this nation is so leaning on Mm -hmm. their own understanding, they're mocking the simplicity of this message. Um, In reality, though, they weren't too wise for God. They weren't too wise for the word of the Lord that Isaiah was receiving. They were just too lazy to learn it. And that's why I want to go to this passage, because I think this is kind of harsh sounding maybe, but I think this is comparable Mm -hmm. to this idea of, I don't have time to learn the word of God. Let me read you. Um, what God says to the people through Isaiah the prophet, to these people Mm -hmm. who are just scorning the simplicity of this message, this call to repentance that Isaiah is giving to them. In verse 11 of Isaiah chapter 29, for you, this whole vision is nothing but words sealed in a scroll. Mm -hmm. And if you give the scroll to someone who can read and say, read this, please, they will answer, I can't read it, it's sealed. That's like saying, Oh, I can't read it. It's closed. Open it. Mm -hmm. Open it, right? That's not a good excuse. Just open it. And then he goes on to say, or if the scroll is given to someone who cannot read and you say, read this, please, they will answer, I don't know how to read. Not a good excuse. Read it to me, (laughs) right? Right, right. (laughs) And so he goes on in verse 13. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules that they have been taught. Now, again, 
this sounds kind of harsh, Mm -hmm. but I want you to understand what God is saying to this nation. When you are making these excuses, I can't receive the word of the Lord. Oh, it's closed. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know how to read it. I mean, we could kind of apply that to last week's episode. Right. Oh, I don't know how to read it and understand it. Essentially, what you're doing is is what he says here. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're coming near to him with your mouth and honoring him with his with your lips, but is your heart far from him? Right. If you're not really willing to engage in his revealed word that he's given to us. And for those reasons, I don't think this is a legitimate excuse. I think it's a perfect comparison. And and it is hard to say, well, it was a result of laziness, but it's also a result, just as Isaiah said, that our heart is far from it. Where your heart is, there also your treasures will be. Yeah. And our time is, I hear this all the time, my time is worth money. My time is valuable. My time is worth more than money. Absolutely. We talk about time equity when we decide if we're going to do a task. It's not just about how much that thing costs to do. Mm -hmm. If if your business is going to complete a task, it's not just about the cost of material, but it's about the time equity that's going to go into it. Absolutely. Because people's time costs you money as a business owner. So I want you to consider this. Um, According to Statista.com, As of 2019 and 2020, the average social media usage of internet users worldwide amounted to 145 minutes per day. That's a ton of time. That's a ton of time. Now, for comparison's sake, if we were to read the Bible for 145 minutes per day, just the average amount of time right. that an internet user is spending on social media, it would take us just a little over one month to read the whole thing start to finish. That's a lot of reels. That's a lot of reels. That's a lot of reels. <laughs> That's a ton of time um, that we're trading off for mindless, unengaged, unfruitful, non-edifying ingestion of things Versus even if we just listened to it. Yeah. Right? Like we talked about in the last episode, even if we just listened and and gave ourselves every barrier breaker for the time constraint for 145 minutes a day, we could listen to the entire Bible in just over one month. We'd be done. Yeah. And not just to check the box, but just to show how easily this objection doesn't hold water, like you said at the very beginning. Absolutely. So let's talk maybe just about some more realistic timeframes, right? Because you're probably not going to um, jump into this, which is, just to be clear, is what we're asking you to do, to jump into it. We said that last week. We'll repeat it this week. We are challenging you to commit to reading your whole Bible Mm -hmm. beginning to end every word of it. Doesn't mean you have to necessarily read it in the order of the layout. I love a chronological reading plan, but read the whole thing. So here are some time frames that are a little more reasonable. If you read your Bible for 15 minutes a day, who doesn't have 15 minutes a day? Sure. You're going to finish it in one year. That's a one-year Bible reading plan. If you read your Bible for 30 minutes a day, which I think is still a really reasonable time frame, Mm -hmm. you're going to finish it in six months. So just half a year. If you read your Bible for 60 minutes a day, you're going to finish it in three months. Now, I'm going to say about this one, that's a little more challenging. 
over the summer at our church, we did a 90 day Bible reading plan. And so that's how I know that number. Mm -hmm. It was about an hour worth of reading a day. Or listening. Or listening. Yep. And even with listening, I found that a little bit challenging. I'm kind of ashamed to say that. It was challenging. It's a totally different way of reading and engaging in the Bible. But you know what? I'll tell you this. One of the women who engaged in that plan with us, her name's Morgan. It was the first time she had ever read the Bible all the way through. And I said, man, this is trial by fire. I can't believe your first time reading it all the way through. You plan on doing it in 90 days. And if I'm just being super honest, I didn't finish in 90 days. I was about 100 days finishing this plan. And at 90 days, Mm -hmm. Morgan is blowing me up, calling me, texting me. me, I'm done. No, I'm done. Yeah. She finished it in that amount of time. Oh, yeah, me. Yeah, you. I was saying, oh, I just need some (laughs) more time. I need some more time because she's going, when are we going to do it again? Mm -hmm. I just loved it. I'm so pumped up. I'm so excited about the word of God. I'm ready to start again. And I said, girl, you got to hold on. I'm going to need about 10 more days to finish. (laughs) And I'm supposed to be leading her in this. But that was such a testimony to me that even though that was challenging for someone who's hungry for the word of God. Really, it isn't. And it just took the pre-plan. And I think that is really the most applicable um, dismantle apart. You know, obviously, Scripture is the the most concrete and we have more to to unpack together. But when it comes to creating the space and and overcoming the the surface of the time constraint, it just takes a pre-planned time. And most of the respondents, like you pointed out a minute ago from the state of the Bible, most of the respondents do not engage in a pre-planned, already laid out attack to the yeah. Bible, right? Yeah. Getting into it and trying to make sure that, that you're tracking through it um, to see it through to the end. And I think that is where we have to first make our commitment when we're breaking down this um, objection of ha- not having enough time. Well, I have time, but how much time, yeah. right? Committing the time that you make space for is a great place to start. And it doesn't have to be in 90 days, right? Right. Maybe you have a summer or a winter break that you could commit uh, an hour a day to this reading or listening to to see it through in that. But making a plan, start there. Start with a plan. Yeah. And then if this is the objection that you've had or, or are using right now or encounter a lot, that's a great place to begin to start helping it break down in your own time, in yeah. your own personal devotion. Absolutely. Now, and I want you to know that that this um, this word that we've read from Isaiah, you know, often a misunderstanding about Scripture is that people perceive a difference in the character or nature of God from Old Testament to New, oh, right. as if God of the Old Testament mm-hmm. is very harsh and judgmental, and Jesus of the New Testament is very loving and accepting. Right. Um, and, and God is the judge and Jesus is loving, but his character, God's character is consistent throughout scripture. And so I just want to make sure that that's clear by taking us over to Matthew mm-hmm. chapter 15. And the reason I want to go there is, is the point that I want to make is that if we are just talking about God right. and we're not actively and intentionally seeking a relationship with him through knowing him as he is revealed in his word, then we're missing something. And that's really 
what God was saying to the nation of Judah through the prophet Isaiah, but Jesus echoes these exact same words. So I want you to know that this consistency of God, Jesus is saying the same thing that Isaiah was delivering from God in the in the New Testament, the same thing that Isaiah is saying in the Old Testament. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 7 through 9, this is what Jesus says, um, you hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. And he repeats those same words we just read. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Mm -hmm. So he's saying this to Pharisees and teachers of the law who I think sometimes we mix this up and we think, well, right. they're teachers of the law. So they were very in touch with the word of God. They were very in touch with human traditions about the word of God. Right. They were committed to oral traditions of the priests that had grown out of the word of God, mm -hmm. but had become man's understanding and traditions and practices because they're not going back to the original source. And that's the danger that we're in. Mm -hmm. If we're just talking about God with our Bible closed. Right. For whatever reason, for whatever excuse we have for it. But but the I don't have time excuse, I just don't think it holds water. No, the Jesus echo of what God spoke through Isaiah back then is the ultimate heart check. Yes. Because that's really what is on the line in this objection to reading scripture that I don't have time. It's the same uh, thing that I have to reconcile when I say I don't have time to go to the gym. It's a heart check. It's a priority check. Yeah. Um, and Jesus echoing that. And it's important to recognize who he's talking to. Right. You're right. These are teachers of the law. And just like in that state of the Bible, Bible users at being defined as, as those who interact with their Bible three to four times a year, those are, that's a closed Bible Christian. Right. And that's leading that that's our, that's what the state of the church is in and mm -hmm. we have to be able to be bold enough to say that's not enough we need a heart check we need to listen to what jesus says and and i'm so glad that you pulled that um and echoed what he said because it is no different it's not just a nation in rebellion but it is still rebellion just the same rebellion that um the the people of judah yeah. when isaiah was talking to them about where turn your hearts back to God, Jesus saying to the Pharisees, you are just making cumbersome laws, your own laws, you're in rebellion. Yeah. When we are a Bible user only defined as someone who interacts with our Bible three to four times a year, we are in rebellion. Um, and I, I think that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's a heart check. We've got to decide, are we going to be people who love the word of God because we learn who he is, yeah. who he says he is, or are we going to be Bible users as yeah. defined in American Christianity? Well, and something that's so um, scary, maybe is the right word, so scary mm -hmm. about that is that these 145 minutes a day of social media sure. usage doesn't necessarily just mean scrolling. There's a lot of content producers You're out there. Right. And there are so many content producers who are just theologians. Yeah. You know, everyone mm -hmm. is a teacher these days. And the truth is, if you have that much time for social media, it's taking away time from the word of God. And man, man you don't it. you don't need to be teaching it if you're mm -hmm. not in it. 
Because I, that's the kind of people Jesus was talking to in Matthew chapter 15. Yeah. I mean, I have my phone right here. And I would, if I knew how to navigate it faster, I would have already done it by now. I would have done a screen time check on my phone. Yeah. I think it's healthy for every Christian to do yes. that and check that screen time. I mean, unless you use your phone to work eight hours a day, if you breach 145 minutes, then you fall into this category. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, and, and I think your screen time report will even give you breakdowns of apps, right? At Maybe least I've never done it. Your Bible app to your social media app. That's a very good challenge. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So here's, here's where we're going with this. We just need to be careful that we're not following this example from Judah, that we're not erring mm -hmm. in avoiding God's word for any excuse, whether like we talked about last week, it's mm -hmm. because we think we can't understand it or because like we've talked about this week, we're just being lazy about it or we have upside down priorities sure. because in truth, I do believe that's what's at the root of the I don't have time excuse, which is why we said at the beginning, we don't even believe it's really a legitimate concern. Right. We all have the same amount of hours in a day. Right. We all prioritize with what we think is important. Mm -hmm. And we just have to shift our priorities if, if we're not finding the time to read the Bible. Yeah, and start with creating a plan. Find one online, get into some resources, use tools like this, step into scripture, um, but start somewhere. Whether it's a plan that you come up with, if you're creative in that way, but the very first way to start rearranging your priorities is to assess what you're doing and commit a time. One of the statistics that we talked about earlier today um, was, you know, do we, one of the, the respondents within that state of the Bible was, um, do individuals read their Bible at the same time of the day? Or is it at random? Maybe you do uh, only have time to do it at random, or maybe you have to do it at a consistent time of the day. But only you can take back that control of your time, right. make a conscious decision to invest your time, make that trade off. You will not be in the negative. You will not be lacking. You will only prosper. Uh, your mind will open and your life will open to all of the things that God will reveal to you mm -hmm. in that time well spent. Amen. Mm -hmm. You said that. <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> well, listen, before we wrap up, I do want to repeat what I said last week about the book that I have coming out. And I yeah. want to invite you to pick that up. The tentative release date is May the 19th. It, it really structures a plan well for you right. um, to go through the whole Bible. The way that this book works, it's a Bible reading accompaniment guide. It helps you recognize the consistency in God's mm -hmm. character, the centrality of Jesus Christ. It helps you recognize Old to New Testament connections throughout the Word of God. And it even has a call to action every day, not just what am I reading and what does it mean, but what does it mean that I need to do? Right. What's my next step when I read it? And so, again, coming out May the 19th, and here's the time. Here's the time involved. Mm -hmm. This book involves about 15 minutes a day of Bible reading, and then you'll read the book for about five minutes a day. So it's a 20 minute per day commitment, and that's going to take you all the way through the Bible in 365 mm -hmm. days, one year. And it's a chronological Bible reading plan. That's my personal favorite. Yeah. It just makes good sense to it me. It does make good I sense. I like things on a timeline. Me too. And, and the Bible is often written in cycles instead of in linear time. Mm -hmm. And that can be confusing. So it'll help you even walk through those kind of things. So I do want to invite you to pick that up and engage that way. And I hope that can become a structured Bible plan yeah. in your life that takes you all the way through the Bible no excuse that you don't have time, 20 minutes a day. Any of us can make that work. And also that you would have understanding 
and so that that word of God would really um, sink into your heart, move from your mind down to your heart, and then out to your hands so that your life is completely transformed through it. I love that. I cannot wait to do my next chronological read-through with Step Into Scripture. Yay, I can't wait either. I am super excited excited for spring. All right, we will see you back next week where we'll be answering another objection as to um, why people may think you can't read the whole Bible, but we believe you absolutely can. And we want to show you where the Word of God teaches that also. So we'll see you then.